Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles, Brian McElfresh, and Doug Gravely. Hey everyone, how you doing out there? This is the CFBDynasty.com podcast for week seven of college fantasy football. You might be out of it in your league. You might be making a push for the playoffs. But the one thing we know that you should not be doing this week, right, Brian McKelvish and Doug Gravely, is taking a knee. You should take a knee if you are the Miami Hurricanes, but you should not be taking a knee if you're in, in college fantasy football uh, competition. Doug, Brian, what do you think about the University of Miami with the most boneheaded, idiotic, ridiculous end of a game against Georgia Tech? Take it away, Doug. What's your thoughts? Can I just simply use the word stupid? Um, You're going to be one of the, what, four undefeated ACC teams. Oh, that's brutal, yeah. Your coach is a moron. I mean, I don't have any other words. Like, he's a moron. And I'll say it. I would shake his hand and tell him, you know, and all that good stuff. But, yeah, it's – I, I was talking to, I think, Brian a couple days ago. I said, as, you know, the running back or the quarterback on that team, don't you kind of want to, like, for lack of a better term, spit in his face and just take a knee anyways? Because you know, being a 20-year-old kid, that's probably the smarter move. Like, the, fact that I, the fact that that happened before um, with uh, Mario Cristobal while he was at Oregon against Stanford um, – didn't take a knee, ran it, fumbled, gave up a field goal, lost in overtime. The fact that that happened to you once and can happen again, uh, holy cow, that's insane. Um, no, I don't I don't really have any words for it. Um, you know, as a Florida fan, it's funny, but you know, if you're a Miami fan, like, that's got to be the ultimate. I mean, you already went through a super frustrating game where, um, you know, Tech wasn't really able to move the ball much. Van Dyke didn't really look that good. Van Dyke didn't look good. It was. I mean, you have those sleepy games during the over the course of the season. Um, but then just to give it away, and not even that. It's like, what about on defense? So let's say the fumble happens. And you think, all right, they've got no timeouts. They've got to go 74 yards. And then you let somebody behind you? In two passes. Two How passes. does that happen? 74 yards. How does that happen? I mean, happen? If, if, you're, if you're a Miami fan, if you're a Miami fan, are you even able to watch college football this week? I mean, you don't. You could be up by 46 points, and you're like, are we going to find a way to give this up? I mean, that, that's just – that had to be the most demoralizing just – I mean, there's literally 50 years ago in the pros, Eagles and Giants. You see that you don't do that crap. Why do that crap? It is, it is, it is in football lore that it's the stupidest play, stupidest thing to do. Don't do it again. If you're a Hurricane fan, you've got to be just absolutely disgusted. That could have cost you a chance. That could have cost you a place in the college football playoff. Could have cost you a place in the ACC championship over something so stupid. Yeah, you know what else is stupid? Here we go. Malachi Corley goes for 50 almost against me as your first player last week, and you didn't get the win. I, I was like, 
I kind of had ruled that one out Dang. going into the weekend. Wow. Talk about a slap in the face on a Wednesday morning. He says, and you didn't get the win. So, I tell you, I, I, I feel you, man. Pooch, apparently. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a tough week. It was a tough week in uh, in in college fantasy for me. Uh, not only was it a tough week, we're going to go back real quick uh, to something we talked about last week. Fan tracks, figure out what the heck is going on with your stats. Last week we made a big deal. And we talked about the controversy, how BMAC beat me by 0.08 points two weeks ago after we recorded the podcast. They went in and did a stat correction, gave me the win. After last week's podcast, they went in and did another stat correction and gave BMAC back the win. <laughs> when are you going to figure out who won our week four game? Let us know because it's going to have playoff implications. Unfreaking believable. I've never seen a game switch twice after the week was over. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. <laughs> How about the matchups this weekend, though? So we've got some that are going to be really interesting. I kind of want to go right into the rankings or whatever and when we're talking about the matchups because of how you know we've got top-of-the-line college fantasy producers playing against better competition than they've faced all year. So why don't we save those matchups for after news and notes, if that's all right, and then we can get right into this week's rankings. Sounds good. BMAC, BMAC if that's what you want to do, we're going to freaking do it because you know what? You created this whole thing, so if you want to switch up the format, we're going to switch the format up. Doug, Deal. get to those news and notes. News and notes around college football. All right, y'all. So we've got Nate Noel running back for App State. If you weren't watching the games last night, there were some fun ones on. Um, but he got one carry and one catch. There were people freaking Real. out on Twitter all day until about, I don't know, four minutes left in the game. They finally said, the announcer said that he had an ankle injury. So um, there was a lot of people freaking out I saw on Twitter because I was looking for it. I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Why is he not playing? I don't understand. He's averaging over 100 yards a game when he plays. And then, <clears throat> you know, came out with the ankle injury. So for those of you that were still wondering this morning, that's what happened. That sucks, man, to start somebody. And it's a great matchup, too. I saw a lot of people with player prop bets over mm -hmm. 105 yards or whatever. Basically demanding refunds. Like <laughs> That's stupid. That's stupid. That's gambling. Like, it's literally in the word. You know, it's a total gamble, and injuries are just part of the game. Don't go whine about it on Twitter. Oh, um, babies. Bunch of babies. Um, <laughs> then you got Zachariah Branch. That, you know... I bet they wouldn't Stand complain out. if they had bet the under. I'll say uh, that. Correct. <laughs> um, uh, Zachariah Branch, that standout, crazy good freshman receiver at USC. He started practicing again uh, this week. Limited, but he's kind of a game-time decision, so keep an eye on that. Um, as USC has a big matchup this weekend, which we'll get into later. Um, where Derek Robinson, running back from Georgia, still not practicing. I don't know what's going on with their running back room, but I feel like they're just an injury-prone crew, kind of like Ole Miss's receivers. Um, but, hey, whatever. So now you got Mikey Keene, quarterback from Fresno, who's been great for those of you that have been fantasy uh, for the most part, not active during practice, 
Logan Fife took the majority of the first team prep, uh, first team reps. So keep an eye on that one because uh, that could. I don't know. That's a huge. That's a huge one right there. That's a huge one right there. Fresno suffered their first loss last week. That's a uh, a big uh, a, a big uh, injury stat for them if he's going to be healthy or not. Yeah, because it could affect the receivers for sure. Uh, Donovan Green, we haven't seen him this year. Um, had some offseason surgery, but it was announced yesterday that he is going to miss the entire season. They said at some point they were going to try to expect him back, but he is out for the year. So Donovan Green, uh, for those of you that don't know, I was high on this kid for a long time. I thought he was going to be great. I still think he could be, but we'll see what happens in the future. <clears throat> Jaden Ott, running back for Cal, probable this week. Antoine Wells, receiver for South Carolina, doubtful to play again. Um, this poor kid, when he's on the field, we've said it before, he's great, but that's when he's on the field and he's hardly ever on the field anymore, it feels like. So, um, Antoine Wells, I I wish your body well, buddy, because I do like watching you play when you play. Um, Jalen Daniels, quarterback for Kansas, doubtful to play again with that nagging back injury. Some big news, some big news, boys. Travis Hunter for Colorado. Dion said yesterday there's a tremendous chance Hunter's going to play this week. How do you feel about that? What do you think? Lacerated liver. He's only been out, what, three weeks? I think that that's great that he has a chance to get back in. I'm still still salty over the fact that that he was able to take a hit like he did in that game and there was no real repercussions over it. That's not not good for college football. That's not good for uh, the way that they want to protect players and player safety and all that. I'm glad to see him trying to get back on the field, but I wish it never never came to this. I, I, what a terrible question. Like, I watched football for so long. I know what, like, a ACL injury is. Not really familiar with lacerated liver lengths. <laughs> well, I'm not familiar with it either, but I'm just saying. I mean, it's huge news when, what? A week and yeah. a half ago, they still said potentially three weeks out. Right. I know. No, I'm I'm happy to see him back on the field. And uh, it's a great, great week uh, for him to come back. Emeka Egbuka, receiver for Ohio State. No update for this weekend. Ryan Day is kind of, uh, you know, uh, gives you the silent treatment with this stuff a lot, I feel like. Um, but he did say it's no long-term issue. I don't know what that means. So I don't know if he's going to be back. I don't know if he's not. Guys, just keep an eye on that. Could be a game time decision there. Um, yeah. Ismail Mahdi, running back for Texas State. Game time decision, but likely Ooh. to play. That's uh, big. That's yeah. a big one. He's been really fantasy relevant this year. Um, Chandler Morris, quarterback for TCU, to miss at least a month. Um, could be more. Then you got Andrew Anthony, wide receiver of Oklahoma, uh, season ending surgery. Lincoln Victor, wide receiver for Washington State, still questionable, still testing his ankle. He's missed the last two games. I don't know. Another one to keep an eye on. They said that he's going to test it out over the next practice or two and give an update. Antonio Williams, receiver for Clemson, remaining hopeful to, to play this week. Jaden Delora, quarterback for Arizona, uncertain for Saturday. Tory Horton, receiver for Colorado State, that guy that's been shredding defenses. Um, got hurt early in the first half of their last game. He's hopeful to be back this week, but there's uh, no timetable for him. Hmm. Jalen McMillan in Rome. Odunze, receivers for Washington. Huge week for them, and they're both uh, 
expected to be 100% and ready to go. So that's huge news for Washington this week. Then you got Harrison Whaley, my dog, my homie, running back, Wyoming. Helped Wyoming knock off the undefeated Fresno State last week. But in garbage time in the game when they were trying to run out the clock, he hurt his knee again. So they're day to day on that, keeping an eye on him. Riley Leonard, quarterback for Duke, for those of you that didn't see it, ended the game on crutches against Notre Dame. Good news. High ankle sprain, considered day-to-day. Nothing serious. Reggie Love for running back for Illinois. Doesn't look good to play this weekend. That running back room for Illinois is battered and beat up and bruised. Which presents an opportunity. It does, and we'll talk about that soon. And then last one we got is Johnny Wilson. He's here for Florida State. Uh, his injury looked like a quad injury. Doesn't seem to be serious. He's day-to-day as well. So that wraps it up for our News and notes, y'all. Thanks, Doug. All right, BMAC, do you, BMAC, do you want to go to the matchups or do you want to go to the top fantasy performance of last week first and then roll into the stuff for this week? You're smart. Last week is good. Let's, let's get through that. <laughs> All right, so last week's top standout performances in fantasy football, Ontario Brown for running back for NIU, 62 points. If you started him, you're probably in pretty good shape. Jaden Daniels, QB for LSU, 54 points, just like EJ Warner from Temple, 54 points. Drake May from North Carolina, 52 points. Byron Brown from South Florida, 49 points. My boy Malachi Corley, 49 points. If you started Malachi Corley, you were probably in good shape as long as you weren't playing BMAC. (laughs) And the Buffalo defense and special teams dropping 48 points. That's some amazing performances last week. Hopefully this week I could get Malachi Corley to score 80 points, but then again, maybe not because he's on a bye. <laughs> hey, Coach, how do you You got some touchdowns, right? Those darn bye weeks. <laughs> Those darn bye weeks. So uh, matchups this week, huge. Oregon at Washington. And I couldn't believe like all of these are like three, three-and-a-half-point spreads, which basically means it's even – but favors the home team just simply because they're at home. It would be like a pick em game if these two were playing on a neutral field. Same with USC at Notre Dame. Um, were you guys shocked that Notre Dame was favored to win after uh, you know, um, a tough loss to Louisville? In this game, honestly, no. Yeah. I, be- I, I personally believe that you know Notre Dame has made it a battle in every game they've played, and Notre Dame has – um, the potential defense that can slow down USC a little bit. Yeah, and then Miami yeah, you're playing North at Carolina. Notre Dame as well, and yeah, you're playing at Notre Dame as well. So that's a big a, a big difference. Like if they're playing on the West Coast, maybe different. Yep, and then UCLA, Oregon State, um, another big one. So looking at rankings that we have for this week, um, yes, the little guy there is just saying, please subscribe on YouTube. Correct me up this out. But Jaden Daniels, goodness gracious. Um, if we were going to uh, – so I thought about this, Matt. We should uh, present this really soon, like a mid-season awards kind of uh, sure. segment maybe next week. Um, I think it sounds like a good idea. Jaden Daniels is up there, man, and it doesn't matter really who they play. He's a, he's a start every week. Um, he's our quarterback one. Uh, start of the week, even though he's going against the number 33rd 
ranked um, Auburn passing defense. And then Caleb Williams is going against the number three ranked passing defense. And Michael Penix is ranked is going against the number five like, passing defense. Like yeah. big week. I think these, all these I think quarterbacks it's a, that are yeah. in the running for the Heisman. Like it's a huge week for these kids. Huge week for I, the Heisman. I, yeah. That's a good point. I think I think it's a huge uh, shows that uh, whoever put together the rankings unnamed has got some guts to put Penix at three and Bo Nix at five against each other. Basically, you're saying not only are these two quarterbacks really good, but both of these teams just don't have defenses. Yeah, well, that's well, kind of what Oregon the does have a decent one. So, um, to, um, Caden Salter was one where that game script did not work out as it well uh as we thought it would because you can see that game happened last night we had tuesday games and that was fun but um they were projected here to score 31 they scored 31 it's crazy uh how (laughs) vegas is but uh anyways this this is why we use that stuff but they were 86th against the pass jacksonville state was and 31st against the rush but uh liberty was able to run the ball all over jacksonville state they just couldn't stop the run i think they averaged over six yards carry running back went for his high of the season with two touchdowns um but uh that stinks for all the salter starters out there including me uh last night because i'm going against mike davis and caleb williams and uh that's gonna be a, a tough one to overcome him only scoring like 20 21 fantasy points last night um, but yeah, Shadur makes it back. It's a great week for uh, uh, for them to kind of get a little bit more healthy and have Travis Hunter come back. Um, obviously, Byron Brown has been killing it. We had him as a waiver wire gem really early in the year. And look at how he's just kind of taken off the last three weeks. 49-33-49. Um How's that make you feel, Doug? After snagging him off the waiver wire early? Oh man, I'm I'm excited. It uh, freed me up to make a trade this year that'll help me next year. And um, you know, it's it. At the end of the day, uh, I looked at him for this end of the season schedule too for playoff time, and I'm stoked, especially if he can put up some of them 49 point performances. So, two others that stand out to me, like DeQuan Finn. Uh, is starting to catch fire. He's starting to get healthy. Um, it's 43 points each of the last two games. And uh, he, he was like a lower than normal, uh, lower than he has the last couple of years to start the season. Looks like he's uh, catching fire now. And then Carson Beck, mm-hmm. fantasy relevant. Like mm-hmm. Georgia's identity is they're going to spread you out and throw it all over the field. They still run the ball, but not like they did when they had, you know, DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, that kind of stuff. Um, Beck's looking good and really getting a ton of opportunities. I think they're going to continue to try and keep that momentum rolling along. He went for 45 last week against Kentucky, uh, which we called on the Saturday show. I told you exactly how that game would play out, and, and that's what it did. And then I backed it up by being completely wrong on the uh, Texas Oklahoma. <laughs> um, but but back on the road against Vanderbilt, 
Um, <laughs> I I like Beck a lot now. I think I think they're going to use him a ton. He doesn't run as much as Stetson did. Like we knew that going into the year, but we thought a lot of those touchdowns would in turn go to the running backs, and they really haven't. Uh, Beck's just throwing it around a ton. Anyone else stand out here? Like uh, Frank Harris getting healthy again. He goes for 44 last week, so we should see that yeah. offense pick up. Yeah, that was that was kind of crazy because Frank Harris was like, is Frank Harris going to play and do anything? Next thing you know, he goes out there and, and is, you know, 2022 or with Frank Harris. I mean, it could be 2015 Frank Harris for all we know. But, uh, you know, Frank Harris came out there and actually had a performance worthy of being a high draft pick. Yeah, and I do like um... – AJ McCarthy actually seeming like, you know, he's stepping it up a little bit too, over 30 points two weeks in a row. So, yeah, that's that's good for him because there's a lot of people saying, like, where the heck has he been? But I just think, you know, Michigan does what they do and they beat you on the ground. So, yeah, and they're they they're playing outmatched opponents. And and yet again, this week, they have a spread of 35 points mm -hmm. against Indiana. So. Uh, Michigan can kind of do whatever they want. Um, but yeah, harder second half of the year. BMAC, why um, don't we roll down to the running backs now? We're Let, here. Yeah, let's roll, let's roll down to the running backs because I think the running backs are interesting. Yeah, at the beginning of the season, we talked about how power five, upper power five teams were putting the running backs into the rankings. This week is kind of different. This week, you've got a lot of group of five running backs. Um, that are in the top 10 and the top 15. Let's talk about how you've got, uh, you know, you got obviously Genty, who is is one of the, the mainstays, but then Ismail Mahdi, who we said is a is probable that's up mm -hmm. there. You got Marcus Carroll from Georgia State. You've got Rasheen Ali, Nate Noel. That's a lot of guys from group of five conferences that are uh, up there at the top of the list. Poor Nate. Poor, Poor Nate. Poor Nate, yes. Such a tough injury. Those are the worst parts of fantasy, but oh, it just brings back bad memories of that kind of thing happening to me in the playoffs, in the final four and all that stuff. But yeah, we've got Ali Carroll up there. Um, Ali's up there, even though they're only projected to score 29. Same with Carroll, so only projected to score 28 playing against each other. But it's uh, they're just such a high percentage of that offense is kind of why they're high there. And then you've got some other, you know, boom potential. Obviously, Blake Corum, in turn, Donovan Edwards. You know, will he ever break out and have a big game this year? I'm sure at some point. Maybe it's this week against Indiana. Um, yeah, Benson, Kyrie Robinson's been pretty darn consistent, averaging 19 a game. He goes for 22 and 21 in the last two outings and then uh boone he's one who we projected a year too early we had him kind of high in our rankings last year going into the season um i forget where he transferred from uh i think somewhere on the east coast but whatever he's there at toledo now and he's really killing it 19.7 uh per game and then we did try and hit hit everybody with the news that's why i alerted everyone in the discord about the travion henderson issue uh that we found out like maybe 20 minutes before game time so we did uh we were alerted in in uh discord that hey we helped save a couple lineups there so that is always good and then train them just kind of 
took it on. But I think uh, Travion's the lead back this year, and uh, he'll get the bulk of the carries. He's probable this week. Um, can't wait to see, though, Estime against USC because mm-hmm. if, if they're able to use him to keep USC off the field, their offense off the field at least, um, that'll be a game script that can really help me as I'm playing against Caleb Williams this week. Um, anything else stand out to you guys here on running backs before I, we jump down to receivers? I really like the guy you got at 15. So, uh, Kamani Vidal. Yeah. I think he's great. A um, little bit tough for matchup, I think, this week with Army, but he's kind of like the other two you mentioned with um, Ali and Carroll. He's basically their their offense there. So Yeah, he's only down there at 15 because he's going to get diminished possessions if uh you know the way army plays so mm-hmm. that's that's it but i like yeah. him a lot heck yeah yep um all right at receiver uh you know a lot of the regulars at the top here um neighbors adunze horton franklin marvin harrison uh those are the the elite of the elite receivers then you've got to add in brian thomas jalen mcmillan um Levardain, we're not 100% sure he's going to play yet. Um but he is going to go down to game time decision I think. And then Luther Burden. Uh that's a really interesting matchup to me. Missouri Kentucky. And uh see how that one plays out uh this week, but yeah, on the flip side you got Ray Davis who's absolutely uh killing it this season. <laughs> And he did get a touchdown last week to kind of save his Mm -hmm. fantasy output. Very interesting to see two uh, Utah State receivers in the top 14 there back-to-back playing against Fresno State. That's very interesting. That's what happens when they average 20.05 and 20.2 points per game. Like, they're pretty uh, consistently – like, they're they're within less than a point of each other – uh, Terrell Vaughn so far this year has 120.3. Jalen Royals has 121.2 fantasy points on the season. So spreading it around nicely there at Utah State. And then Cephas, like he's someone I expect to take off. It looks like DeCorian Clark Done got for the year, further I think. injured, potentially to redshirt and come back next year. Um, super interesting just uh Big time opportunity for Cephas there. Um, another scenario where Franklin, if he would have stayed, would be just eating it up in terms of points and yards. Um, instead, he's at Ole Miss. But anyways, that's uh, that's rankings for this week. And um, of course, if you have questions or anything, hit me up on the Discord. I try and get to everything I can, um, but it, it has been a, a super busy week. All right, so we've gone over the matchups. We've gone over rankings. We've gone over the news and notes when it comes to injuries. We can go to our open review right now. We've already talked about the controversy on top of the controversy, but one of the things that's very interesting in the open league is it is an auction pickup league when it comes to how you can make waiver claims. 
the uh, waiver claim budget was set at $120 before the season, and every player on the waiver wire is up for um, for bid. Most of the guys get picked up for like one to five bucks. But this week there was huge news. The NCA finally got their crap together and they allowed Tez Walker to be made immediately eligible for this season. And everybody went crazy putting in big bids. And BMAC used three quarters of his budget, $89. He had a $98 bid in. He wanted for 89 bucks to pick up Tez Walker. BMAC, is this going to help? Your three and nine team to make a push to get to the playoffs. I hope so. Like DeCorian Clark, who I just talked about, he was uh he was one of my top three round picks, and that was a or maybe it was fourth round. I can't remember. We thought the injury was going to keep him out for a game going into the season, kind of similar to Cam Rising, where it's like, oh, maybe week one he'll play, maybe he doesn't. Uh, turns out he's came back too soon, re-aggravated it, and now my red shirt. So I've had a lot of problems, and so I've been waiver-heavy uh, this season, which is really tough in a 24-team league. So uh, I'm excited about it. It adds some uh, some life to my team this week, and, yeah, I think it's going to help. I, I know there's a ton of people out there across the CFF sphere that put in big bids for Tez Walker. Um and uh, so, yeah, between him landing Eric Brooks off the waiver wire after he, he's had a couple down games, that doesn't scare me away. Um, I'm excited about my opportunity to improve and, and hopefully somehow sneak into the playoffs. Uh, Got to have like a pretty much perfect rest of the season, though. Our, uh, our guys that are from the home league that are playing in the, um, the open league, not exactly showing out very well. I dropped from sixth place down to eighth after the controversial re-giving of BMAC the uh, the win there. But then you've got Josiah Cybercon is at 18th. BMAC is at 19th. And Doug is down there tied with Carissa at 21st. What about so, Uncle uh, Joe? Uncle Joe, where is Uncle Joe? What's he what's he ranked? What, what's his team name? Nine and three. Uncle, that's oh my goodness! I don't know how that's even happening, man. Joe is—I uh, guess Joe is up there. And then what's uh, what is what speed read? What's his team in this one? I have no <laughs> I idea. Remember. Is he I funky? No... I think so. I think that's it. Let's take a look. So funky chickens is at. Nope, that's Phil. Oh. Oof. Well, let's put it this way: Josh Reed is definitely not uh, doing a lot to uh, to to make his team known with amazing performances. So Josh, pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move along. Let's get to some streamers this week. Here we go. Let's go streaming. Who you got streamers this week, Doug? I know you got a couple. I got a couple that I like. All right, so first one for me is going to be that freshman receiver, Tyler Brown, for Clemson, especially if uh, Williams stays off the field this week. Um, yep. I just like this kid a lot. I think He's he off. is doing really well and mm -hmm. kind of a sleeper in general. Like, he wasn't talked about at all at the beginning of the year. 
I think he was a three-star recruit. Like, he wasn't so, a big-time yeah. player, but, you know, he's killing it. Killing Roster, it on the field. Only 16% of fantasy leagues right now. So, could be available for, for a streamer pickup this week if you need a mm-hmm. need somebody to throw in receiver. Um, and then nice. Noah Fifta, the quarterback for Arizona. For uh, Fita? Fifta? Fita, Fifta, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Fifta, Fifta. Don't uh, ask Doug to make pronunciations. He's doing the best yeah. he can. I'm from Inverness. <laughs> He's like letters, words. I'll get this figured out. Yeah, just I mean, he plays for Arizona. Okay, he's the quarterback. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I would keep an eye on this quarterback situation, especially if the Laura can't go, um, because to me, this kid showed what he can do last week when they brought USC to the brink. Yeah. So um, you can get the ball to Cowing. That's for sure. Yeah, four times in the end zone, and it helped me make a really nice comeback against Josiah. So that was nice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so those are my two. Um, I had another one in here, but I took him off. So I'm about to talk, talk about him again. So, yeah. So uh, I've got a couple. So if you're needing a, a quarterback, you know, you think about injuries and, and whatnot. So Josh Hoover is listed um, on the depth chart this week as QB one um taking over there at tcu so it could be really good um something to watch but you might if you're in need uh pick him up it's an offense obviously that's fast paced and uh he'll potentially get some opportunities to run the ball too and then caden fegan at illinois um so um you know illinois running back is one of those things where when brett bielema took over there I immediately thought, oh, it's going to be a little bit like Wisconsin. His goal is to beef up the O-line and create some run blockers. And uh, we saw that with Chase Brown. And then this year they went into running back by committee. McCray now hurt out for the rest of the year. And Reggie Love the third out this week, or at least doubtful to play. So Caden Feegan, um, I think one of their top recruits this past cycle, and uh he's a freshman he's huge i think he's like 6'3 245 something like that 250 is what he's listed at um yeah so (laughs) i expect uh him to potentially get 20 plus touches this week and uh you know he's a great fill-in um if he's available in your league so yeah the one game he got more than you know double digit carries just an fyi uh, 11 carries for 85 yards. So that's like almost an eight yards per <laughs> average there. So mm-hmm. um, I think he's averaging close to six and a half yards a touch this year. So, yeah, I, I really like your your sleeper on this kid, especially um, I think even with Love playing because Love to me really hasn't shown too, too much. So this kid could be could be the future over there for sure. Yep. Yeah, definitely the future. So if you're in a keeper league, you still might have to wait on Love and McCray another year before he's totally featured. But you never know. Let's see how he does this week and if he's got the full load at Illinois. Awesome. Before we go to our brisket locks, let's go to our DFS host battle. Look at our DFS host battle from last week. Doug gets the win. Why is this significant? Because in six weeks, that means I've got two. Doug's got two, and BMAC has two, exactly how you want to see it, where we all are taking turns, having the best uh, the best lineup of the week. It's the only competition that we're in 
where we're all pretty much even. In every other league, um, somebody's at the top, somebody is absolutely sucking rotten eggs at the bottom. But in this <laughs> one, we're all pretty even. From week to week, you never know who's going to be the one who's going to take that, uh, take home that 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 pot. Except for DraftKings, they're the real winner because we've all passed around money, but not an equal amount. DraftKings has taken some of it. They don't care. Yeah, exactly right. So, uh, so this week, this week, let's start with BMAC. BMAC, what is your DraftKings lineup this week and why? All right, let me pull this up real DFS quick. DFS host battle. Looky here, I've got Caden Fegan in my lineup at running back. Um, he's at 4,500. I needed to kind of keep him cheap because I went with Carson Beck at quarterback. He's uh, certainly not a sleeper. They're at Vanderbilt, 8,700. And uh, my other running back to go along with Fegan is Jace McClellan. Um, man, I, I didn't like a lot of the, the running back selection options out there and uh it was a hard lineup for me to set to be honest with the, yeah it was the rough full, full player pool so i've got mcclellan at 6300 fegan 4500 and then at receiver i went with marvin harrison jr 8500 dollars um and then i went with uh evan stewart against tennessee on the road um even if you know, a and going to be throwing the ball around quite a bit, I think, against Tennessee. Um, he was at 7,100. And then Eric All, welcome back to my lineup, 4,300. Went with another tight end in the flex, 3,900 for uh, Corey Dykes. And then Devin Neal at running back, super flex, uh, 6,700. With no budget remaining totally a weird lineup for me what do you guys have all right so all right so i'll go next since normally we uh normally i'll go last but this time i'll go next i got uh i got jalen milrow at qb with uh and jalen milrow i i wanted to get i wanted to get uh Penix in here but he was just far too high for the matchup that he had so jalen milrow was eighty four hundred dollars running backs i got devin neal from Kansas at 6,700. And I've got Caleb Johnson from Iowa at 5,500. Wide receivers, I went with Doug's boy, Squirrel White, at six at 6,000. I've also got Isaiah Bond in the lineup from Alabama. Finally had his coming out party last week. Seven receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown, 22 fantasy points. Is this going to be the start of something good for him, or is he going to disappear back into obscurity? I'm hoping he has two good weeks in a row. Then I took a flyer on Ty Washington from Arkansas. Ty Washington moved into the starting lineup, and what does he do? Seven receptions, 90 yards, and two touchdowns last week, 28 points. He was only $4,300. So I went with him. Flex, I've currently got Cam Camper from Indiana. Um, he's at 5,300. I'll have to monitor to see if he's actually going to play. If he doesn't, I'm going to have to switch my lineup up some. And then I've got JJ McCarthy in my super flex, uh, at 8,100. And I, I agree with BMAC. The, uh, the, the options this week were not good. It was very difficult to, uh, to get a lineup I was happy with. Doug, what about you, champ? All right. So I went with Carson Beck at quarterback. 
8,700 against Vanderbilt. Um, then I went Roman Hemby, uh, running back at 6,500. Then a guy that I haven't had in the lineup all year, and I figured I'd give it a shot. I went Travion Henderson at 7,000. Then at receiver, Gary Bryant for Oregon at 5,000 because I think Oregon's going to throw it all over Washington this weekend, and Bo Nix will potentially be the better quarterback of the two this weekend. Um, and then <clears> – <throat> that's, uh, that's a big prediction. And then Isaiah Williams um, at 5,500 from Illinois. And then kind of a, a fly-on-the-wall guy for me, I went with Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, receiver for Georgia at 5,100. Wow. Um, could be a make or break guy for me, but I figure Georgia's going to score a lot of points, and they may have some, you know, some other guys in the in the game at some a, point. A spare touchdown left for him. So, um, and then I went with my flex, Jaheim Bell against Syracuse for forty one hundred, and then my super flex is Kyle McCord for Ohio State at seventy nine hundred. I like McCord. I almost went with McCord. That'd be interesting. So I got a couple of guys in there that are like just fly on the wall kind of guys, but if they give me a touchdown, that's all I really need out of them. So, all right. So we've reached the time of the show where we're going to talk about our brisket locks of the week. Brisket locks, BMAC. It's time. For Who the you got as your brisket lock? lock. Well, I'm going off the charts, and the echo is back, Matt, so I'm going to mute you. Um, off the charts this week, a guy that went for 15 touchdowns last year or so, and he's been just disappointing fantasy owners across the country, Samson Evans. You know what? Kent State is the cure for a lot of bad performances when you're going up against that defense. So let's get a couple touchdowns this week. Samson Evans, um, my brisket lock. I'm going to kick it to you, Doug. Who you got? So a kid that I had in my sleepers from the beginning of the year who I feel like is finally starting to come into where I thought he would be, I'm going EJ Warner, quarterback for Temple, plays against North Texas this week. Last week – um <laughs> threw for 472 yards and five touchdowns against uh UTSA and um I could see another performance like that against this pretty weak North Texas team. Yeah, yep, here we go. All right, Matt, all you. And I'm go I'm going this week off the board as well, going with Kevin Concepcion from NC State and here's why. They put MJ Morris in at quarterback. Um Concepcion had one game in the last five that was really bad as far as targets go, but that was also the game that got um, Brennan Armstrong benched. Um, this past week, MJ Morris comes in, targets him 14 times. He has eight receptions, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. If you take out that Louisville game, his last two games are 24 targets, 14 receptions, 218 yards, and four touchdowns. So I think uh, Kevin Concepcion has clearly become the number one uh, number one pass catcher at NC State right now, and he is definitely MJ Morris's number one guy 
I think he has a chance to uh, really show out against Duke this week. He's getting some NFL love too. A lot of Debbie people starting to talk about him and, uh, I haven't watched him play yet, so I need to watch him. Like the name is familiar to me, the last name, because it's like one of those auto-generated NCAA football names that they had. Um, yes. And that was the only time I had heard that name before. So, yeah. I he's like he's young. He, yep. Have you picked him up yet? Yeah. In, in the home league? I, 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 picked him up in, uh, I picked him up in the open league. Picked him up in the open league because I definitely needed some wide receiver help with guys out and guys injured. So he's definitely in my starting lineup in open. Nice. Um, all right. Well, all right. I think that – and I'm going to mute you again, Matt. I'm sorry. I keep getting this echo now. But I <laughs> appreciate uh, the time, everybody. And uh, subscribe, like the video, comment if you can. It's uh, super meaningful. And um, – I think that uh, wraps it up. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week, great weekend of fantasy football, and we'll see you guys on the Saturday morning show. Any uh, any closing comments here before we wrap up, Doug or Matt? No, man. Uh, just I, I'll make sure we post these news and notes to the Discord, and then throughout the week, if you got any starter or system questions, we didn't have any today. Just hit us up. We'll help you out. Yeah, we have a bunch. I'll of say them. I. I Saturdays. I've had a great time over the last month at some of these uh, conventions and comic cons that I've been at, but it's been a month straight of weekends where I've had shows. Um, even though I'm still going to have some refereeing this weekend, it's going to be good to actually be able to sit down and watch some college football this weekend, not Absolutely. on the show floor. Absolutely. You're welcome to join us if you want to come hang. We'll catch you guys later. Have a great week. See y'all. Thank you for listening to the CFB Dynasty Podcast. Help us out by subscribing on YouTube and reviewing us on your podcast network.